Hello and welcome to Shark Freaks, a podcast within a podcast here on the Pod People. I'm the great white snark, Matisse Van Rossum. I'm Shark Boy. Oh shit, you taught me to vape! Yeah! Hey! Blowing those fat shark clouds with all of my lungs. And we're back. Back and ready to talk about the newest shark sensation, the Meg. I would say it's more in the uh, spirit of Deep Blue Sea than Jaws. Yeah, I think so. We talked a little bit about our expectations for this movie on our Jaws episode a few weeks ago. We talked about how this was originally uh, an Eli Roth production. The first draft was written, it was to be directed and to star Eli Roth. And then the studio decided most likely that they wanted something a little bit tamer and less gory and over the top. And uh, gave it to John Turtletob instead. <laughs> yeah, you know, National Treasure guy. He knows subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, no. uh, yeah, I, I will say that the whole time we were watching this movie, I couldn't stop imagining how it would have been done by Eli Roth. And I think it might have dampened my enjoyment of the movie a little bit. Yeah, I... I can't imagine him being the Jason Statham character. That would have been awful. I think he would have made a great Rain Wilson, you oh, know, yeah. Elon Musk billionaire type. Yes. I think that would be perfect for him. But... I'm not I'm not talking so much about him acting in it. I could take or leave that, but I I I got to know what a Meg written by written and directed by Eli Roth would be like. It would have a hard R rating for sure and I think it would be super bloody. Um the Meg is relatively light on blood. I was I it is PG-13 uh and that being said, I was surprised how much blood they were able to get away with without making it an R-rated movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, they... It was a little gorier than I was mostly expecting. Mostly kept it to animal blood. Yeah, that's true. Um, which helped a lot, I think. Um, there was that part where they found uh, a severed human arm. So I was surprised to see that get in there. But um, I'll go ahead and say that overall, I, I enjoyed this movie pretty well. I thought it was pretty fun. But I I do think that strayed a little too far into generic Hollywood action horror. I don't think it was as fun as it could have been if it had had a little bit more flair from somebody like Eli Roth. Yeah, it got a little formulaic, I I would have to agree. Um, It did go the route of being big and dumb and fun a lot of times, which I really appreciate. Which is really all that I was looking yeah, for with this movie. I don't know. It, it's a tough thing to say because, you know, like I feel like we already have that hard R rated movie of this ilk with Piranha, but I do kind of want to see a shark version of well, that. Well, that, that's it exactly. Because yeah. I, I definitely saw some, some Piranha parallels with this movie that I'll get into later, which, you know... Makes me makes me think that they might have kept some of Eli Roth's original script, just because I mean I know he didn't write or direct Piranha, but he was in it, and so I I could see how he would be influenced by it. But I'll get into that a little bit later. 
Uh, let's talk briefly about the setup. Well, first, this this film is a uh, co-production between uh, an American and a Chinese production company. Almost all of the uh, land-based set pieces are in uh, China. Um, there are a lot of Chinese characters. That was interesting to see a movie like this yeah, that was well, also produced by, uh, partially produced by a foreign production company. I think company. it was interesting because, because it was co-produced that all of that stuff didn't feel like it was pandering either. No, it no, felt no. Very natural in this movie in a way that when Hollywood does it, it does not at all feel that way. I agree. I was thinking the same um, thing. You've I, got you've got a lot of uh, good uh, Asian character representation in this movie that is not stereotypical, like you would expect in an action movie. Yeah, and like it doesn't this. feel forced either. No, it doesn't. So that was that was pretty refreshing. That was one of the more refreshing things about this movie, I think. Uh, back to like I was saying, the setup. Rain Wilson is an Elon Musk style billionaire who has funded this uh, massive offshore research station. Uh, off the coast of China, and um, the the researchers there are exploring a trench that they believe could be potentially deeper than the Mariana Trench and could contain all manner of new and exciting life. Yeah, it was like a fog layer. Um, so at first they thought it was the bottom, but they believed that below it, it was a whole new world of species and you know resources and such yeah i i thought what was really cool i guess this is farther than just off the coast of china i think it was supposed to be in the antarctic um that what they assume to be the floor is like uh, a thermal layer that beneath there's much warmer water that would actually allow for life unlike the cold waters slightly above it so uh, once they break through that, they've got a, a little sub going down there looking for, you know, new stuff, and they see all these cool animals that they've never seen before, and then the sub gets attacked by something, something very big, and uh, it's disabled and on the bottom of the ocean, so they have to call in Jason Statham to come save the day. Yeah, I really like this intro sequence, you know, like, they have a little rover that at first, you know, is exploring the 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 bottom of the sea, and all of a sudden it, you know, loses connection, and they're confused, and slowly they reveal that something is down there. I mean, we're in the movie The Meg, so you right. know it's you gonna know be it's a shark, shark, but, like, uh, they do a good job of not, you know, playing all their cards right away. They do the the Jaws thing a little bit where they don't just blow their load and reveal the shark immediately. Like, yeah, you know it's a shark, but just like going into Jaws, you know that that's a shark too. But they still try to play it a little bit subtly off the bat uh, at first. They don't do that for as long as Jaws, but uh, I did appreciate that as well. And um, how before they reveal the shark, another rescue sub goes down and gets attacked by a giant squid. 
So you think, oh, maybe the squid is what attacked uh, the first sub and the rover, and then right as the squid is about to crush the the rescue sub, uh, it just gets, like, swamped in half. And then you see the shark swimming with the giant squid in its mouth, which is a, a, a cool reveal to have the squid for scale that we've already seen beforehand and we know how big it is. And then to see it in the mouth of the shark and like, ah, that's, that's a big shark. Yeah. It really, uh, helped, uh, escalate things in a good way. Um, I also liked the, uh, relationship between the three characters in the sub. Um, you know, Jason Statham's ex-girlfriend, and the two other researchers in there. The one guy from Heroes. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that actor's name. Uh, the Japanese Masioka guy. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, he was writing a, like a a goodbye letter to his wife. Which I don't know how he planned to get that to her if he died at the bottom of the ocean. He does eventually by sticking it in the pocket of his buddy as they're evacuating the sub and he gets left behind. But if they had just died down there, like. Was he gonna do tie the tie the letter to a puffer fish? Eventually, maybe they take would this get to it. my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to get Jason Statham uh, to try to convince him to you know save these people, and he's just like a drunkard in uh, in like Thailand, Thailand, or something. yeah, um, just like day drunk constantly. Well, and we, always with a beer in the hand. At, at the very beginning of the movie, before any of this, the, the prologue scene is uh, Jason Statham and a team trying to rescue some soldiers from uh, a nuclear submarine that has been grounded on the bottom of the ocean, and uh, something very large attacks it which we later learn is is the shark, and a couple of people don't make it out, uh, Jason Statham makes the difficult decision to leave them behind and save the nine others that they've already saved at the cost of two of his team's life, which sort of becomes a theme throughout the movie, is Jason Statham having to decide to save more people at the cost of a couple of people, and how I guess he's an asshole for making yeah, that perfectly logical decision. Every time. It's, yeah, it's I don't know why they're getting so pissed at him. He's like he's like, if I hadn't done it then we all would have died. And and so just two of them died. And then they're like, oh, well, fuck you. You still let them die. And it's like, okay, so everybody dies or two guys die. That yeah, seems honestly, like a pretty... that, that stuff had me roll my eyes a little bit with the doctor, especially when he was like, he had a deep sea psychosis. Uh, even though when we see the, the, the opening scene where he saves these people and closes the hatch on the rest... Like, almost five seconds later, the sub blows Explodes. Up, you know? Right. Like, if he would have kept it open, they would have all died. Yeah, exactly. It would be one thing if he, like, they all, like, left and, like, 
10 minutes later it exploded, but it exploded, like, immediately afterwards. And the the two guys on the team were, like, trapped behind, like, some fallen rubble. So Jason Statham would have had to go back into the damaged sub and find a way to clear that path and get these two guys out. And the sub exploded almost immediately. So, like, his decision was sound, I think, extremely. But... They try to play it off like he had uh, stress-induced psychosis or yeah, something. Yeah, like deep sea psychosis. Even though, even though he he seems very calm and collected when he has to make that decision. But anyway, the point is, after that, he tries to tell people that there was something big that attacked the sub, and everyone's like, oh, you're just crazy, you just had a psychosis. So he decides to just go to Thailand and become a drunk. I, I don't do that anymore, mate. He he doesn't save people anymore because of what happened last time. Um, and so then it's revealed that his ex-wife is down there. Is so the one that needs saving. Of course so. he's going to go and do it again. Right, exactly. Long story short, he does save them. But as they're bringing the sub back up, when they break through the thermal layer, it creates a cloud of warm water for long enough that the the Meg can slip through and begin terrorizing uh the seas above because yeah. it was kept trapped in this warm water for millennia or whatever well, it's almost like they should call it the megs because there's spoilers <laughs> ben i mean like that was a great part of it you know i think having that es- escalation no I, know, re- I did really like helped. that i liked that a lot too um because you have a decent sized shark that they you know they start with hunting and it's fairly big, you know, it is imposing. Oh, yeah, it's a big fucking shark, like, definitely bigger than than the shark in Jaws by a lot. And they have the whole scene where they go out in a boat, and what do they do? They they kill it by injecting it with shark poison or something? Yeah, she, like, injects it in the eye, right? Yeah, that's right. And it dies, and they haul it up on the boat. And, I mean, you know that... There's another shark as soon as they kill the first one because it's like, check your watch. Oh, we're only like 40 minutes into this yeah. movie. I thought it the scene when now. they caught it was great, though, because yeah. she was put in that. Wasn't that when she was put in that little shark cage? Yeah, like a like a reinforced plastic shark cage like cylindrical that yeah that can't break or whatever so the shark just starts like well, swallowing yeah it. they they uh do a great you know kind of foreshadowing with that when they emphasize multiple times that oh this cage can't be broken guys this cage it's strong it's very it strong be chomped the shark um, cannot chop through this. And no, it can't, but it can... Uh, it can swallow it. It can, it can scoop it. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I thought that scene was really great, and it starts... It, like, pulls the crane off, and the the cage starts sinking. So Jason Statham has to dive into the water because he's got this complex now that he has to save everybody. So he has to go save the, the girl. And uh, so he's just in the water with this very large shark. And that's when they do the, uh, the scene where 
isn't that right where he grabs on to the the secondary crane and they're like driving and reeling him in and the shark is like chasing right behind him so he's just like being pulled in like a fishing lure that's that part right i think that's slightly later but that's pretty close um that scene was also great because they start pulling him in, in full speed and realize that's attracting the shark. Right. Right. <laughs> Could through through the vibrations or whatever. Yeah. But then once they kill that that shark and they get it up onto the boat and they're all, you know, patting each other on the back, hey, didn't we do a good job? And then all of a sudden an even bigger shark leaps up onto the boat, chomps the other shark, and just crushes the boat. Yeah. Which is a fucking great image is just this ginormous shark just flopping onto a boat and sinking it. It was such a great escalation of stakes because, you know, the the first shark was already big enough that they needed a ton of poison <laughs> to get it. And, like, it was an event. It pulled down the crane on the boat. It, you know, it was a huge imposing shark. And then... It was a, they, it was uh, a battle, yeah. They outdo themselves and... That's when it really gets into camp territory. Right. They they have this whole long protracted struggle trying to kill this extremely big shark. And then as soon as they do, it's just like, oh, bigger shark. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. When they escalate it, we, we see the giant shark, I believe a little bit earlier when uh, we see the... Uh, undersea aquarium oh with the when the little girl is is walking around and it takes a big chomp out of the hallway it doesn't break through obviously but you get a huge uh mark mark. yeah yeah where the teeth were that's right and then once they have the the first shark up on the boat they're looking at it and jason statham goes to uh the love interest and he's like that bite radius is not as big as the one on the base. And then right when that happens, then the bigger shark attacks. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a great little foreshadow. Great escalation. But yeah, it, get, it really gets wild. Should we talk about uh, Rain Wilson closing the uh, place down and then deciding to... Uh, throw comically large bombs at it okay yes so well i want to talk about how they escape the really bigger the really big shark first because it's kind of dumb and doesn't make any sense okay yeah because after after they sink the boat or after the shark sinks the boat they're like clinging on to like the the wreckage and they find two of like the the motorized dinghies and just drive those all the way back to the base, which does not make any fucking sense. Yeah, they're we... so worried about vibrations. Right, they're then... so worried about vibrations and not thrashing around in the water because it attracts the shark, and then they just take these two little rubber dinghies back to the back to the base that I feel like that shark could have easily caught up with, but it just kind of doesn't. Yeah, just chomped hole. Right, no. So when they get back to the base, uh, Rain Wilson decides that he's closing it. He says that he's informed all the authorities 
uh, of like China and Southeast Asia and Australia, anywhere that this shark could go, that there's a extremely ginormous shark out there and to be careful and to do something about and it. And the military is absolutely ready to just bomb the shit out of it. Yeah, and that don't worry, there's a there's a rescue ship coming to get all of you tomorrow. I'm going to leave on my helicopter, guys. Okay, bye. Um, and then immediately after we discover that he has done none of that and that he decides he's going to take care of the shark himself because anybody who gets hurt or killed by this shark is a potential lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, and the way he does it is he takes some, like, spec ops Private security, military guys yeah, with a PMC fucking type of guys. Black Hawk. And they're in a helicopter with just, like, comically like goofy looking bombs they're like bright red like it's like dynamite duct tape together yeah yeah it's just goofy looking honestly they've managed to put a tracking device on this shark in an earlier scene so they track it and they think they find it and start dropping a bunch of bombs on it and their rain wilson's like well is it dead they're like yeah there's pieces of it everywhere so they Puts on over to it in their little boat, and they see that it's just a whale carcass that they've been dropping <laughs> bombs on. Does the shark? The shark destroys the helicopter, doesn't it? Um. Well, uh, Rain Wilson is like, you can keep uh, a tooth for yourself, but I want a tooth. And they go to check for teeth, and there's no teeth because it's a fucking whale. Right. The helicopter gets destroyed yeah, somehow. Yeah, the helicopter. Uh... I'm totally blanking on how that happened because I, I was expecting the shark to just jump out of the water and chomp it. Yeah, and that didn't happen. But the shark blows up the helicopter somehow. Yeah, I'm trying to. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But then they're like, "Okay, let's get the fuck out of here," and they take off in their boat, and Rain Wilson falls overboard. <laughs> Because they take off from a dead stop to like sixty knots. I don't. I don't know nautical miles per 60 hour. Sixty knots per hour. I don't know. Um, they they start going fast, and Rain Wilson falls overboard, and he starts swimming for the whale to try to climb up on top of it. And you see a great shot of the shark just coming towards him, getting closer and closer. And right as it's about to, you know, chomp on him, it bites right next to him, uh, just takes a huge chomp out of the whale. And we see Rain Wilson just, like, wiping his brow from with uh, the sweat off of his brow, just so thankful it didn't just eat like, him. Whew. And then immediately <laughs> it just comes up and chomps him, too. I love that super convoluted series of events that leads up to Rain Wilson's death with the, the bombs and then falling overboard and then not getting chomped and then finally getting chomped. It's uh, a great escalation. I have I- to. To say the, that that when he first pulled the bombs out, I thought he was just gonna bomb the uh, uh, station that everyone was at. No, be like a comical evil billionaire thing to do. You know, they're all they're all gonna sue me because yeah, he said he didn't didn't want any lawsuits. So if there's no survivors, there's no uh, witnesses. Um, I'm glad they didn't do that, but. <laughs> Um, I half expected it to happen. Um, but yeah, he didn't call 
any of the military uh, because he didn't want lawsuits or whatever. The people on the base quickly realize that they're in over their head and he's not coming back. And on top of that, the shark is headed towards um, a very the most populated beach in the world, I guess. In China, I believe. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember the name of that beach. No. Um, but there's just like a comically large amount of like little... Uh, inflatable rafts and like this this set piece reminded me very much of the spring break party in piranha oh yeah they went full that that was that was the biggest parallel i drew is that you've got all these people in the water partying you've got these little uh like portable docks that you know people are sunbathing on and shit uh, there's just an ass load of people, and so Jason Statham and his team have to uh, try to get to the beach before the shark can wreak too much havoc. Yeah, and when the shark does get near everyone, it just turns into complete piranha-esque chaos. Minus <laughs> all the blood. Yeah, minus all the blood, um, but you still get a lot of just crazy craziness my favorite is they have those little clear inflatable balls that people oh, can yeah. stand in and when people saw that the shark was coming they just wildly like started rolling start over hamster balling everyone. away yeah, they rolled over all the other people in the water. I also liked that as the shark was swimming through that area, like the anchor chains of all the docks were like catching on its fins. So it was just like dragging around all of these docks with like a bunch of people on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, you got this really funny scene with a. Uh... One dock full of uh, teenage boys and one full of teenage girls, and they eventually like collided with each yeah. other. That's also where you get the the scene that we see in the trailer where there's like a like a wedding party on a yacht or something, and the bride has her little yappy dog, and it runs and jumps into the water and starts swimming, and then just off in the distance you see the the Meg's dorsal fin break the water, and the 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 dog just turns around and starts swimming back towards the boat. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. I have to say the uh, the way they get the shark to stop going towards that stuff is kind of dumb. They they like play whale noises on a phone <laughs> on a fucking iPhone. <laughs> yeah, they just put speakers in the water and play whale noises, and it just draws the shark away from yeah. all of its tasty snacks. Yeah, like for a shark that's so focused on vibration, like. Right. Is it really going to be that triggered by whale sounds? Oh, I like whale better than all of these people. I'm going to go get that. Uh, that was a little bit of a stretch for me. Um, but I thought the whole little yappy dog swimming away from the shark was pretty amazing. And uh, after that, we get our, our big climactic fight. Um, I was really hoping that at at least some point in this movie, Jason Statham would punch the shark. We got pretty close. We got close, but he doesn't. 
but the the climax is him and the the love interest in these little like one man subs that go real fast pod racer subs little, little pod racer subs running away from the shark and trying to like shoot it with missiles and stuff uh it was very much like uh like an underwater fast and the furious except Instead of other cars, they were trying to outrace a very large shark. I thought that stuff was pretty fun. Yeah, I thought that stuff was fun. It worked well. Um, They were, like, distracting it with their lights and doing all this stuff. I thought that worked pretty well. Um, I thought the uh, kind of fight with the shark that Jason Statham had near the end was pretty fun. He doesn't punch it, but he... uh, he like uh, guts it with his uh, with his sub, sub. Like one of the missile attachments gets broken or something, and there's this uh, big jagged piece of metal sticking off the sub. And we get a scene where uh, he acts like he's sacrificing himself, and he's like charging straight at the shark. And then at the last second, he dips under it and turns his sub on the side, so the big piece of metal just like guts the shark. I, th- I thought that, that was going to kill the shark, but it, it doesn't. But no. it was still pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that was great. It still survives. Jason Statham kind of loses control of his pod racer sub, and he like has to exit it. So we get a nice scene where he's like swimming with the shark, essentially, and he has to fight it. He doesn't quite do hand-to-hand, but he does end up stabbing it i believe right yeah i think he i think he stabs it in the eye or something yeah and then what they just shoot it with some missiles and blow it up yeah i think uh pretty much they yeah they kill it somehow i i can't remember exactly how we we saw this movie like a week ago so i'm i'm hazy on some of the details it's not the most memorable film i've ever seen that's for sure yeah but uh I, I did think it was funny how immediately after they kill the shark, just like a thousand other sharks show up out of nowhere and just start eating the dead shark. Yeah. And then... Because uh, if there's one thing sharks love to eat, it's other it's sharks. It's other sharks. I I did think it was funny how after that, uh, he just like grabs onto the side of the love interest sub, and she's just like driving him back to the boat, and he's just like hanging off the side <laughs> of it like it's a boogie board, yeah. but he's like right next to the motors, I'm like... Yeah, you would be dead. All he has to do is slip a little bit, and he's going right into to the engine <laughs> um and then as they're going back to the boat they pass the the little dog that's still swimming <laughs> the, the whole time my favorite part is they don't pick they him don't up they just and leave him so he can swim all the way back it's he, like jesus christ he does get back to the boat eventually but yeah they just like drive <laughs> past the dog and jason statham just like looks at it just like hmm <laughs> but then the dog still just has to swim all the way back to the boat yeah Ah, uh, that was very good. I I thought it was kind of weird that his ex-wife, we see her at the beginning and then for 90% of the movie she disappears and then only reappears at like the very end of the movie. Well, she yeah, she gets hurt in the in the sub. So for most of the movie, she's just like hanging out in the infirmary. But it's just fucking goofy though because like the love interest gets hurt in the movie at one point and she's like 
okay within like a minute of her getting hurt like right no yeah she <laughs> she like she basically drowns and they they bring her back to life and they're like you were dead a minute ago <laughs> and then immediately she's like can i talk to jason statham alone please and just uh, she's fine again after that yeah. <laughs> and the only time we see the ex-wife again is before the the final confrontation with the shark when they're like prepping for it and he goes to check on her in the infirmary and she's basically just like hey you know maybe you should think about banging that asian chick it's like what <laughs> <laughs> that's her only purpose in the movie it's, yeah is to, to is to give her blessing that it's cool that he fucks somebody else <laughs> Like that's it, and then the the love interest daughter, the little girl, is like, my mom likes you too. So the daughter and the ex wife both give him the go ahead to to plow. So that's important. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I did think that was weird too. She just kind of disappears. I thought for sure she would be a more integral part of the movie. I assumed, of course, that they would do the thing that they do in a lot of movies like this, uh, where, you know, through this uh, struggle, they they reconnect and re-fall in love and come back together. But no, the ex-wife is just like, ah, you know, like, maybe you should fuck that chick, you know? That, that would probably be good for you. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I guess uh, A plus for uh, not going with that cliche. Yeah. Well, I mean, the romance in this movie is still pretty formulaic. Oh, but, for sure. Um, for sure. I. It is good that they didn't try to do that hokey rekindling shit. Well, I thought for sure there was going to be like a love triangle or something where like at the end Jason Statham has to choose between his ex-wife and his new love interests and he's all torn up about it or whatever. Yeah. But nope, that that doesn't happen. Overall, this this is not a very complex movie. It's it's not great, but it is fun. I I think the setup while the premise is interesting, I think it takes a little bit too long. This isn't the kind of movie that I go into looking for slow burn. It's not really smart enough for that. So I would have been okay with them just dropping me into the the big shark fighting action sooner than they did. Um, I thought the the setup was all right. I mean, I I thought I well, liked yeah, it was all how right it, how it went. I mean. It was all right. I've seen much worse. Yes, in definitely. Terms of long setups for creature features. I can't. I can't say that there's anything in this movie that really bothered me or drove me crazy. Nothing particularly blew me away, but it was fun. If anything, like, I just it wish was... it would have gone crazier. Like yeah. I really appreciated that it got kind of dumb, but I feel like it could have pushed that further it could have gone way more over the top for sure and i think that's what would have made it a better movie but as it stands there's nothing egregious about it i don't think no. uh so in that sense you know it's it's a it's a pretty solid movie something that i think with monster movies and movies like this is at least for me there's kind of uh, a bell curve in terms of 
the intimidation factor of a of a monster and a creature feature where like if it's small it's not scary and then the bigger it gets it gets scarier and scarier and then there's a peak where after that if it gets even bigger than it starts becoming less intimidating because then at a certain point it just gets comically large um and also just because I don't think that like really, really giant monsters make for very fun or effective cinematic deaths. What do you think that peak is? Is it like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park? Is it? Yeah, I, I think that that's if it was much bigger than that, then yeah, like I know Godzilla is not like a horror franchise like the Godzilla movies are not supposed to be scary but like Godzilla is not a very scary monster like yeah it can cause destruction on a really large scale because of how big it is but in terms of like your cinematic deaths the most that's going to happen with Godzilla is you're going to get stepped on which isn't particularly exciting or you're going to get vaporized by its nuclear fire breath which also isn't very scary early Godzilla movies, Godzilla had a tiny head, so, like, it could still chomp on you. Yeah, but also, but also, it was a dude in a rubber suit, so it definitely wasn't scary. (laughs) A dude in a rubber suit stomping on miniature Tokyo. Um, it's, I think it's, those early Godzillas are more charming than anything else. Well, I think part of it is just, like, at a certain point, it stretches your suspension of disbelief yeah that's that's a big part Uh, of it i don't think necessarily that that means they aren't intimidating in a lot of ways though i think you know the giant megalodon shark in this movie for example it's intimidating intimidating and through that you know it there is suspense there but i'm not as i'm not as scared of the megalodon as i am of like the shark in jaws Because I I think it does have a lot to do with, like you said, with suspension of disbelief. Like, the shark in Jaws is enormous, but it's still something that could exist within the realm of possibilities. I don't know, It would be an anomaly, whereas... I think with that, like, beach scene, for example, I feel like the amount of carnage that giant shark could have had is on such a larger scale than like something like a jaws for sure but there's but there was nothing in that scene that was as visceral as like quint's death well i think that's just because yeah i mean partially because pg-13 jaws is pg-13 too as we had in our discussion with jaws yes well no jaws is pg oh yeah but that was that was before before pg-13 no no no, that's right that's right Um, it wasn't r it was my point yeah, but I think if there was carnage in this movie, you know, piranha-style carnage, I think it would still be visceral. It could be. I think it depends on the approach to it more than anything. But like I said, you know, it pulls suspension of disbelief a little bit when you get to a certain yeah, point. I just think to the point where it gets campy or over the top. Sure. Which, I mean, can still be suspenseful, but it's... It, is usually not as visceral because it's harder to imagine yourself in that position. No, I I definitely agree with that. And 
it's it's mostly like it's definitely not from like a realistic perspective like obviously in real life if you're out in the water and there was a shark so big that it could like sink a, a large boat by flopping up onto it like yeah that's scarier than you know being on a big boat and dealing with the shark in jaws cuz obviously you're safer on that boat with a smaller shark but just from like a cinematic standpoint I think just people getting swallowed whole by a real big shark is less scary than, like, a slightly less big shark, like, biting somebody in half or, like, throwing them around and shit. Like, I think of the scene in uh, Jaws 3D, which is admittedly not a great movie, but a movie that I enjoy quite a bit, when they try to lure the shark into, like, this tunnel, and this guy, the guy who's luring it is, like, pulling himself on a rope down the tunnel to keep away from the shark and the rope comes untied and the shark just kind of like opens its mouth and swallows him and then you get a shot from inside the shark's mouth from like his perspective of him like trying to crawl out of its mouth and he can't because it's swallowing him and then he dies like i think that kind of shit is way 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 scarier than just a big cgi shark just like swallowing a handful of people yeah but again it's all about approach for I sure think, i think it really it, it's hard to generalize these things a lot of times i think you make a good point with how much you can feel it but i think some of that is definitely just it's a it's a combination it's, it's a combination of the approach of the filmmaker and a suspension of disbelief yeah and i I'm, that's not to say that really big monsters can't be scary but i think generally most of the time the way they're approached in in film the bigger they are at a certain point starts to become somewhat of a detriment of course depends on the movie yeah, I think the T-Rex in Jurassic Park is a good example of, like, about as as big, like, the, the peak of the bell curve before it starts going down. Do we want to go ahead and rate this? Yeah, might as well. Else? No, I don't really have much else. Um, yeah, I think this movie is really solid. You know, I feel like it could be dumber. I'm glad that they took steps to, you know, kind of... Make it fun and popcorny while, you know, still being pretty well constructed overall. Um, I think it was pretty well written, well directed. Uh, I didn't have any problem with the acting or anything. I think everyone did a pretty good job. It was a solid cast um, for sure. Yeah. I, agree. I feel like it did a good job of making you like the characters for the most part. Um, I thought all of the creature design was really good and, uh, really inventive, uh, ideas within it, you know, whether it's, uh, most populated beach or, you know, thermal layer. It was, it was fun. It was a fun turn your brain off kind of experience. I would give this movie a three out of a three and a half out of five. Yeah. I, I think 
the way I would describe this movie is I don't think it's something that's going to withstand the test of time and be like a, a really memorable movie. Like, ah, oh, hey, you remember the Meg? Like, I think in a couple of years people are going to have forgotten about this movie. But that being said, it's not a chore to watch by any means. It's not boring. It's it's a good popcorn movie that, like you said, you can just sort of shut your brain off and just go along for the ride. Um, the cast is really good. I actually buy the chemistry between the characters, how they interact with each other. They feel somewhat like real people in the context of an action movie. You know, overall, I, I it was it was a fun, enjoyable experience that I didn't have to think too hard about. And um, I'm going to echo your three and a half out of five. I think that's uh, about right where it needs to be. Um, so once again, we're unanimous with uh, three and a half out of five pods for the Meg. And now it's time to transition into another exciting installment of Metacritic Corner. Oh, hell yeah. You freaking bricks! So, uh, for this week, I have two selects, um, because they're, they're not very long. So I decided to, to pick two of my favorites. This first one is from Rodrigo FD 99. The Meg is nothing but a waste of time and money. A movie full of cliche. The main character, a man is the strong guy who impresses everyone, even though the girl fight the Meg at the same time. Please don't watch. (laughs) Two out of ten. (laughs) It's a very interesting thing for this person to focus on overall, is that Jason Statham, a man, impress everybody... Even though the girl fight the Meg at the same time, and it's full of cliche. Why they both fight same time. Why they both fight same time. You can't have a man and a woman fight shark at same time. (laughs) Only the woman fight shark. We don't need Jason Statham. Only woman fight shark. (laughs) Okay. The second one is from I'm the Noob. When watching a creature film, in this case it's a shark... I expect to see it on screen, actually. Being genuinely honest. The sharks are on screen for maybe 10 minutes out of the hour and 40 minute runtime. A majority of that time is spent on teaser shots that don't even show the whole shark. Just bits and pieces of it underwater. And to make up with the severe lack of sharks in this movie, we are treated to a generic plot with some pretty poor overacting by the cast. I'm so glad I didn't have to pay to see this garbage, because I would have walked out after the first 20-30 minutes. (laughs) That last sentence, the logic... And that confuses me because you'd think that you'd be more likely to walk out of a movie that you didn't pay for. That if you actually spent money to see it, you'd be like, ugh, well, I guess I'm going to sit through this because I fucking paid money for it. 
but no. Also, yeah, why do we have to see the shark underwater? Yeah, also, <laughs> also, like, did this person watch the same movie I did? Because I think there was a lot of shark in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, no, they There's showed the shark quite a, a bit of shark. <laughs> but yeah, that the they wanted to see the shark out of water. Did they want the shark to, like, sprout legs and, like, walk up on the beach? Uh, you know what? No, that would have been a better movie. They wanted it, it to just constantly jump out of the water and chomp things. Yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot. Zero out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll bring us to the end of this week's Metacritic Corner. Well, that should bring us to the end of our episode. Um, you know, go see The Meg if if you want. Wait for it on Netflix also if you want. Doesn't really matter. But uh, if you like sharks and you like action movies and you like Jason Statham being the exact same character as he is in every movie, uh, this will be an A-OK movie for you, right? Yeah, if you like action, uh, you'll probably enjoy this. Next week, we are going to be doing a... I hesitate to call it original versus remake, but it kind of is. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Manhunter and Red Dragon, uh, Hannibal Lecter movies, both based on the novel Red Dragon by Thomas Harris. Um, obviously, one starring Anthony Hopkins and uh, Manhunter, the Michael Mann one. Starring somebody else as Hannibal Lecter. I don't know who that actor is. Oh, I forgot. We'll we'll talk about that <laughs> in the next episode. But if you like cannibals and you like dragons, be sure to check back in next week to uh, hear us talk about those two movies. Uh, if you like the show, be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. Follow the show on social media. On uh, Twitter and Facebook at Pod People Pod, uh, I would definitely recommend Twitter over Facebook. We're a little bit more active on there. Facebook, but, what are you sixty? Yeah, I mean we're, we are on Facebook too. If that's more, <laughs> um, I mostly just post the new episodes there, and sometimes I don't even do that. Oops. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you can check out our letterbox page as well, letterboxd.com slash podpeoplepod for a list of uh, all the films we've reviewed on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes. If you hadn't listened to them already, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Van Awesome. And I'm Mr. Sheets. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening and check back with us next week uh, for a brand new episode of the pod people uh i'm matisse van rossum i'm ben sheets don't forget to get those shark fan vapes yes <laughs>